Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into the PHX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five star. It's a football Friday. Johnny Venerable, very envious of my co-host, Mr. <laughs> Bill Brock, live at the home of PHNX Cardinals this yeah. fall. Bet MGM Sportsbook on the Great Lawn of State Farm Stadium. In all its glory. Brock, how That's we live right. I'm about a, uh, man, it's, it's probably a good one would. It's probably a big dog from here, Producer Jacob, right? I, if I tee it up, you think I could hit State Farm Stadium from here? Yeah, I mean, that would be, that'd still be a bomb. But yeah, I'm here in our, all its glory, all its splendor. It's gearing up for a big concert tomorrow. So the great lawn you're starting to see, it resembles a little bit of what you're going to see this fall. But we are absolutely right here at the BetMGM Sportsbook making bets. Sean DePaz already got some big money on a random Major League Baseball game here on a Friday night in the early summer season. It's fantastic. Uh, and we're going to be talking about some Arizona Cardinals football. Who could they potentially add between now and training camp? That roster, Johnny, 80, 80 players right now. 80 men right now ready to go to war for their new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, his new coaching staff, wear those new uniforms, and there's 10 roster spots left. Who are they going to fill them with? Also, I'll tease this a little bit. I bought my my son his first jersey today, went over the team shop, got some of those new uh that new drip for the cards, nice. and I'll reveal who it is before uh, the end of this thing. Perfect. Can't wait for that. I gave some uh, tongue-in-cheek guesses before the show. Hopefully, they are not my my guesses uh, in real life. Uh, let's churn this roster. Let's talk about the running back position, a position, bow that a lot of us were kind of surprised the team with all of their draft capital did not invest a day two or day three pick in a running back class that, let's be honest, like had a bunch of guys go between rounds two and four. Like, and that's what we talked about. It was one of the most robust running back classes we've seen. Of course, two backs in a, inexplicably going in the top 12 and B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, Cardinals, you don't have a complimentary back to James Conner with all due respect to Keontae Ingram, who was a six rounder, who we don't know how the new staff feels about. James Conner celebrates his birthday today. Kudos to James. He's getting a big fat $10 million check this year. Uh, and James has been a stalwart, a great Cardinal. However, the team needs to add, and they're going to add. And so we've kind of been connecting the dots with, with Kareem Hunt, given the fact that Drew Petsing was with Kareem Hunt for two years in Cleveland. Kareem Hunt was the backup to the starter in, of course, Nick Chubb. What is the yeah. Cardinals' interest level in Kareem Hunt? I'm told, Bo, I put out some feelers today. They like him. If conversations haven't happened yet, I think they will happen in terms of just reaching out and getting a feeler. Now, does that mean you're going to go and sign Kareem Hunt to a two- or three-year deal and mirror the James Conner deal? No, and I think that that's <laughs> more kind of all-encompassing of the conversation we're going to have is Kareem Hunt's getting a one-year contract. How much is that one year? TBD. But right. whether he comes here or back to Cleveland or wherever, LA Rams, he's signing a one-year deal. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for the Cardinals to bring him in and pair him with Conner, and, and here's why. And I'll end on this. Jay, I think James Connors in his last year with the Cardinals. I think Kareem Hunt, who is younger, could pivot and parlay a contract this year into a contract next year and be a baton hander to a draft pick next year. I think that would make a lot of sense. Plus, Hunt's a phenomenal receiver out of the backfield. There's just a lot to like. If you can, be cool with the, 
the person and the player, Bo Brock. Yeah, absolutely. I think you you outlined it very well in where he would kind of boost this run game because as far as bodies in that running back room, they're thin on those. And mm-hmm. you know, like as much as you want to bet on James Conner and he'll bet on himself and he wants the team to do that and kind of carry the load like he did at the end of last season that people were skeptical that whether or not he could, um, I, I think that that's where they're going to kind of put all their all their chips as far as the run game goes. Like if you look at the the teams that we've heard from a very credible source awake at that, right? As far as how they want to play offense, that it's going to look like Cleveland. It's going to look like San Francisco and it's going to look like Philadelphia in the shotgun. Now we've heard that on third down, a very reliable source, right? We'll we'll call them that right. As far as maybe somebody uh, near and close to the situation. So, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they want to run the football because if you look at where they were last year, as far as their, as far as they threw the football 62% of the time, where you yeah. look at those three offenses that we just mentioned, Cleveland was at 52% of the time, 40, 51% for San Francisco, and 50% of the time with Philadelphia, where JG's coming from. They were basically right down the middle as far as pass run. So if you've got an oft injured running back, it doesn't seem like that's a very wise. Uh, way to go about things if you're going to have all these carries. Nick Chubb had over 300 y- carries last year. I don't expect mm-hmm. James, Long, even if he's a workhorse, to to come close to the number. He was right around what 160 last year. So yeah. you're going to have to t- have somebody kind of take some of the load here. Uh, now in Philly, they had it was Miles Sanders who was right around 260 carries, mm-hmm. and then you had. Boston Scott and you had Kenneth Gainwell who had hundred carries split between them. And of course you got a lot of help from the quarterback position. As far as carries, you got 160 from Jalen hurts. I don't think you're going to yeah. get that from even when Kyler Murray comes back, you don't want him to take, take on that type of load. So no. you need to add somebody to this room. Why not somebody familiar with the system? As I said, there's 80, there's, there's 10 more spots to fill here. Why not? I mean, you're, you're not stunting anybody's potential growth here. I think no. you could see what you have, continue to see what you have from Keontae Ingram. But as far as other running backs on this roster, sure, you had that, uh, you had the kid out of TCU that you signed as an undrafted free agent, Amari uh, Dermacado. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, the chances of him making that roster and, and being a guy that's going to get carries right away are, are very, very slim. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think Chubb at 27, he's not ancient. I mean, I know running backs is, is a little long in the tooth. He's got some carries under his belt, but I think he would be a perfect guy just because of his familiarity with Drew Petzing's offense. Yeah, and he hasn't carried a full load really in, since his rookie year in 2017. He had 272 touches running the football. He's not eclipsed 200 since then. He hasn't come close in each of the last two seasons And I agree with Mike A in the chat. And this is kind of the overarching point I've always had with Bax and Kyler Murray. Mike A in the chat saying Kareem is a brick shithouse in the best possible (laughs) way. would be a nice one-two buckle or effing it shoe combo. And I think that's the beauty of what James Conner, why he worked early and often with Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray, he's going to play under center. We know that. We're not breaking news here. But like sneaking under center is it may never be an option with Kyler Murray given his size. That's not me knocking K1. That's just the reality of the situation in the NFL defensive lines. When you lose James Conner in the game and you put a Chase Edmonds or an Eno Benjamin or somebody like that in the backfield and you want to be physical, it is difficult to convert short yardage. Now we think we know the Cardinal offensive line is going to be improved. We heard from our friends at PFF say it's one of the most improved units in the NFL, which is great. But I, I think I would rather have Kareem Hunt and James Conner 
3.9 to 4.2 yards per carry, getting ugly and moving the sticks and commanding the football and converting first downs to, well, let's get a home run hitter. I don't think that's what this mm-hmm. offense is yet, especially when you've potentially got a backup quarterback starting this year. When you've got Kyler Murray, to your point, Bo, probably not going to run hardly at all this year, even when he's healthy. He's going to yeah. be very cautious about that under center play action. Hunt is a phenomenal pass catching back, and he's been a backup. He's been a backup since his time initially in Kansas City. So he could he knows his role. Again, I think you could sell him on there's a spot to be had. There's familiarity here with Drew Petzing, somebody who is well-respected. They, they have a good relationship, I'm told. So, again, I know somebody in the chat said, well, he's got character issues, this, that, and the other. They would have to vet that. And I don't know if that's going to be a sticking point. It might very well be. Like, Hasn't hey, it been? It's to... been three seasons removed from those character right. issues, right? Hasn't, hasn't he shown right. that? He and he's can been be... a model teammate. Yep. Right. He's shown that, and you know, you're obviously you need to vet that. But you've got somebody who's been close to that situation for the last two seasons, and Drew Petzing, that you would trust. Like, hey, can you rely on this guy? Can this guy be a, com- a guy that can come in and, and be James Conner, either his backup or somebody that's going to be part of a work share? I mean, look at this running back room: Corey Clement. Uh, Dermacato, as we mentioned, we've got Ingram, Tyson Williams, and then James Conner, of course, is, the, is yeah. the lead back there. I mean, that's just that's not enough when when you're staring down wanting to be the, either this this balance offense or this rush heavy attack that we've been told they want to be, especially yeah. with Kyler Murray coming back from the ACL injury and as they kind of reset things. Because when you're not get that talented on defense, when you're not yeah. that talented on defense to to play the the time of possession game and to churn some clock and to uh, not put that defense that's maybe undermanned right yeah. now as it's going to be going into the 2023 season. You can do it such a, a true service to it by uh, by by running you know first and second down and churning some clock and, and making sure you're putting yourself in third manageables, potentially moving the chains. Uh, sure, does does that translate to putting up big points on the board? No, I mean you can stall out, but if you get your guys that breathe, if you get Buda Baker breathers, if you get this linebacking core breathers and this undermanned defensive line breathers, like it's going to do you uh, very well. Uh, consider, like I, I remember, I think Dallas did that a couple of years ago uh, when it was like Demarco. Murray led the league mm-hmm. in rushing, and they they were coming off one of the wor- historically bad defensive performance, and it just set the defense up for much so much more success. Like we saw so many times during the Cliff Kingsbury era, yeah. the defense go give up a long multi you know double digit play drive, scoring drive, and then the offense go out there and go three and out, and then the defense was right back on the field. Like we just yeah. can't see they just can't survive that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Kingsbury-esque where it would be the defense needs a break. Let's throw three straight passes. Let's burn no clock. How many times last year, Bo, did they have opportunities to put teams away and they just could not do it? And again, I I just I, I have no patience right now for don't sign players, tank the season. The Cardinals, I can definitively tell you, Jonathan Gannon, they are not tanking this season. They're going to add players. And I think there's a good chance Kyler Murray is back sooner than people think. So do we want to set Kyler Murray up, whether he's back in late September or late October or early November, to a roster that has a bunch of undrafted players and vet minimum players and guys who have no business start? Like, you're going to need to tune up the team and be competitive and, and be consistent for when number one comes back into the huddle. You're not going to throw Kyler Murray out there with all due respect with a 
the the backup offensive line and Keontae Ingram and you know Greg Dorch is his number one. We love Greg Dorch, but it's just like let's get rid of everybody, let's move off of everybody. That's 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 setting up Kyler Murray not to play this year. Kyler Murray's playing games this year. He's going to come back and he's going to be competitive. We just don't know the timeline. So what you're doing now is imperative to be aggressive, Bo, so that when he does come back, and I'm I'm more or less talking about the offense, the defense. Gannon's in charge. He's in charge of the entire roster, but he's in charge of developing the young players. That's his specialty. The offense, you either have the guys or you don't. And that's why they're adding offensive linemen. You can't go into the season with James Conner and a bunch of guys at running back. You just can't. No, you can't. Not unless you you know something that everybody else doesn't. I mean, unless right. they watch, watch the tape and... If you look at the numbers, the numbers won't like strike you with Keontae Ingram as like overly impressive. I mean, I know we saw kind of flashes for him in the sample size yeah. that we got, but you know, 27 rushes for 60 touch or 60 yards, that's 2.2 per carry. I mean, that's just yeah. not getting it done, albeit behind a patchwork offensive line. Um, but you, you saw flashes. Maybe they're like, hey, we'll see what this guy has. We'll, we'll give him a, a, a training camp and, and preseason's worth to prove himself to, to maybe get some secondary carries behind James Conner. But you still yeah. do need that, that safety blanket, just the way that the running back room is, is right now with they started the season with five running backs last year. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was yeah. it's just unbelievable to me that, that they did. Uh, but, they've got five running backs total on their roster and you would think that they're going to add at least two more between now and then. Why not add somebody that's familiar with the roster? Now I, I see you guys in the chat. I see you, uh, uh Z professor dropping two ten dollars so super chats. Thank you so much. You're, you're that's adding to my bet MGM gambling fund here. It's, it's no, going to be unbelievable. Money, money. <laughs> but he's saying, uh, I would have give up a second and paid Eckler if we weren't paying Hopkins. Eckler is only getting six million this year. Exclamation point. And then part two, I get we're in win mode right now. So it doesn't make sense. Look, yeah, I, I don't think that they're going to be in the conversation for guys like Eckler. I see Tarek Henry in the chat. It's like they, they aren't going to, they're not going to traditionally pay that position a premium amount of money. Like, I, I don't think they're into trading any future assets for running back and they're not in, in taking on any more guaranteed dollars or future money uh, yeah. beyond this year or next. Like they're going to go with Connor this year. He's going to be RB one. And then if yeah. they can complement him with somebody, as you mentioned, like the compensatory picks is it's over that part of the free agents and off season is done. done. So well, just take a flyer on a guy who is low risk and, and potentially medium reward and Kareem Hunt. And you can incentivize it. You can you can clearly depict and point out, like, we love James. James hasn't been able to stay healthy. James is older. He's a year older, and he's got more mileage on, on the tires. I would really emphasize, like, hey, Kareem, you could pivot this into another contract with us next offseason. Do a one-year deal this year. Make it a two-year deal next spring. We're going to draft somebody. You're the top dog in 2024. And I'm not knocking James Conner. It's just the logistics of it. He's older and he's got more, you know, wear on the tires. Where I mean, Kareem Hunt for me, it's, it's just you look. You start connecting the dots with a lot of these free agents. And I know people want to talk about Ben Jones and, mm-hmm. and some of these centers. They had a chance to address center. They didn't, unless they. Oh, oh by the way, are going to make John Gaines a center which uh, Jess Root pointed this out yesterday, and I don't know why I didn't pick up on this, but they gave John Gaines a center number. Uh, I think 58, 59, 
And so that could mean something. They've teased the idea of playing him there. Like you don't have bodies like that at running back with all due respect to the, to the backups that you have for James Conner hunt to me can start you games and help you win games at the running back position. I can't really say that about the rest of that group behind James Conner. And we were concerned about James's usage under Kingsbury being too James Conner dependent. Can you imagine what the usage is going to be ramped up to for with all the the best, you know, hopes and aspirations under somebody like Petsing who wants to run the ball more, what, 15, 10, 15% more, as you pointed out in your tweet? That's I mean, that screams get a contingency. Yeah, and, and and this is not this is not an indictment. This is an attack on on JC. I think that since things started to trend in the wrong direction last year, he's actually been one of the uh, one of the few players that you're just like, man, they're lucky to have this guy in James Conner, and then him locked in, and he was transparent as far as his frustrations with last year and wanting to turn the page on last year and continuing being one of the leaders as, you know, guys start to, you know, Watt retired, you know, Zach Allen leaves via free agency, whatever, you know, is the turnover of this roster. He's been one of the guys that you can, you can rely upon. And I think he continues to be that. And and you can say, Hey, this is your year. This is your year. If you want to get one more contract, you know, put it out there, leave it on the field. Absolutely. But just being realistic as far as, You've, you've got to be able to spread some dips. You've got to be able to throw carries elsewhere. And I just don't think that this this roster is equipped right now to do so. So it just makes all the sense in the world to go out there and get somebody. Let me throw you a couple names here, Johnny. Let's let's okay. compl- let's let's immediately scratch off the list. Zeke ain't coming here. There's no reason no. to the 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 way, the caliber of player that Monty Osfort described. Zeke doesn't fit that. Leonard Fournette doesn't fit that. Um, no. And then you start to look at the the rest of the the guys who might be available. Let's not take a flyer or bring back Kenyon Drake. I know he's 29 years old. It's just a very thin pool as far as who would fit. And that's why a guy like Kareem Hunt might be the solution. Like maybe a Rex Burkhardt. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I know that doesn't do the same thing that a Kareem Hunt potentially does for you. But these are the type of types of name. Maybe like a Justin Jackson, who last year got some carries at the end of the season with with Detroit. Uh, you might remember him playing for for the Los Angeles Chargers for a couple seasons. And then there was like a Marlon Mack who, who played for Denver last year. But you remember him wearing a Colts uniform. But th- yeah, that's the type of player that the Cardinals are going to be looking at. Well, and. It also depends on how much do people want to get paid, albeit for one year. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I think, signed a two-year contract, an extension in 2020, two years, $12 million. Um, and his usage and his production has gone down since then. I think it's conceivable you could get Kareem Hunt for a couple million bucks to come in and back up. Um, or if he wants to take an incentive-laden deal, you can do that as well. I think, I think in the best-case scenario, if you bring him in, Bo, it's a almost a 50-50 share with James Conner. It's yeah. six, in my opinion, it's 60-40. And I think that's when you get the best version of James Conner. He keeps his burst, he keeps his explosiveness right, he stays healthy, knock on wood. That year that he had almost 20 touchdowns, it's because Chase Edmonds enabled you to give him carries. It's because Kyler Murray was mobile with his legs and the threat of his running style was there. And so when we saw James have more attention paid to him, the usage wasn't as great, right? We know that James Conner, I mean, he's getting paid $10 million this year. His best case scenario is probably 800 yards rushing, 
400 yards How dare receiving, you? double digit. No, that's that's just kind of the lay <laughs> of the land right now. How dare I, you? I think, Low I think ball you, his numbers. How I dare think, you? I think you could sell Kareem Hunt and James on the partnership because unlike Kingsbury, and this is this is emphatic, and this is probably not good news for some people <clears throat> that can't stay healthy in the wide receiver room. This is a running offense yeah. with tight ends and big physical receivers. Look at that motherfucker they just drafted in the third <laughs> round. That's enormous, right? Six two, six two and a half. He's got you know a couple nicks on his his injury list, but he's enormous. He's physical. Think Donovan Peoples Jones, right? Amari Cooper. That's what Cleveland did last year. That's what they want to be. Look at San Francisco, who we're comparing to it, the. It inspires game. a little bit more hope when you see the little wide receivers uh, screen, right? That you don't yeah. have like five, eight, and five, nine guys trying to block. That, those days for are you. done. Right. The only undersized player on this offense is going to be your quarterback. That's it. So, uh, and Kareem Hunt's a big guy as well, as we pointed out. So, uh, Keenan saying Kareem is only worth like three or four million. I'm going to tell you right now, if they if they went to him and offered him four million dollars, he would take that contract at this point. I I just don't know if he's going to get paid four million dollars or not. And they are one of the few teams, Bo that has a surplus of cap space left for this year. I I also think at some point, and we've talked about this, if you pivot off of D-Hop this summer, this fall, you, you need a contingency plan of weapons to be able to supplement. And suddenly, if you don't have D-Hop and there's no running back contingent, there's no tank Bigsby, right? They didn't take a back. They didn't sign one. You know, that's tough, especially yeah. if Rondell's in the training room, with all due respect. Your rookie receivers got a <laughs> learning curve. With all due respect, Hollywood Brown and Greg Dorch are right, just spitting I mean, in his face. <laughs> you help your quarterback, get him help. Kareem Hunt. I think we're both in agreement. They, I think they have interest. It would be in their best interest to get him signed and to help supplement the carries. Well, yeah, it, it just makes too much sense. It just make and it and it's due to the lack of 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 a move in the draft. And, and really only signing one as far as an undrafted free agent and not having somebody who is an up-and-comer from the previous draft, um, it, it's, it's, it's not blocking anybody. It's not blocking anybody from getting carries. That, that's, that's the most important. Like I think everybody's on board for the, with the youth infusion, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. on board with maybe sacrificing, taking some rookie in, in just first couple-year lumps in order in, in, – just so it will benefit this team in the long term and in the future. It's just like at that position, like th- there isn't anybody that you're saying, well, well, hold on. If you sign Kareem Hum, you're blocking this guy from, from it's a great blossoming. It's a great point. So, so, I mean, if, if they did, if they did take a tank Bigsby, if they did take a Charbonnet, if they did, but there was just, I, I don't think anybody anticipated. I don't think you can uh, the, the run early, the, the fact that there was two off the board, you know, within the top 12 and then, you started to see the the running back dominoes start to fall, and just to, it, Monty just wasn't in a position to where he felt like he could pull the trigger on a running back. So, so now you just look for a one-two-year, very little unguaranteed money, as you said, very incentivized contract for a guy with with the familiarity of Drew Petzing and Yelda Froldholt and what the offense is going to look like. Yeah, and I, and I say Froldholt there is is a maybe a little. Uh, foreshadowing on our conversation here in just a few minutes. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the quarterback situation, backups to Kyler Murray, who could start the season. First, I want to tell you guys, Circle K, let me just tell you, I went to Circle K the other day, and I scooped up a hall of snack selections. By the way, I'm in Maricopa. There's not a lot out here. There are a couple 
grocery stores that um, are, let's just call them household names. Inflation has not been kind to those establishments, <laughs> Bo Brock. And so I'm paying as much on these, what are supposed to be discount grocery stores as I am at some of these premier places. It doesn't make sense until I go to Circle K. I went in there with my eight-year-old. We loaded up Polar Pops, iced coffee. I, gra I grabbed a couple adult beverages, right? Some snacks. We loaded up to watch the Diamondbacks that night. I'm going to tell you what, I paid a fraction of what I would at some of these other places on top of the fact it's premium gas at not a premium price at a convenience to you. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff that our friends at Circle K have to offer right now. Text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club. I'm a member and you get a buy one, get one free 32 ounce Polar Pop. I'm a unsweetened iced tea kind of guy. I like to double fist them. Head to CircleK.com slash store locator circle k.com slash store locator boat to find the circle k nearest to you just fueled up at the circle k by the phnx sports studios downtown saw my our good friend Derek montia on the screen he graced oh, us man. with his presence that's great on the screen saying hey i'm i'm Derek from phnx d-backs and i said where the hell's johnny where the hell's me that's all i want to see right now i no offense, with all due respect, as with Johnny says. With all due says. respect. <laughs> but it was it was great to hear a familiar voice as I gassed up. Uh, always fun to gas up our boys over at PHNX D-backs. And always mm -hmm. fun to gas up our friends over at Four Peaks, which you can find in the beer cooler at any Circle K. I'm drinking a wow weed out here at BetMGM and right. uh, really supporting our friends over at Four Peaks, as you should as well. Check them out on social at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pug. Get the pub. Not pug, not like the the small dog with breathing issues. Pub, <laughs> get all the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. You know they've got the Four Peaks Tap Room in in Chase Field, and they're teaming up with our friends over at PHNX D-backs as well. They got the Four Peaks four seats. One lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming Diamondbacks game. Tickets come with D-bucks, so grab some food, ice cold Wow Wheat or Hot Knot, and enter going at Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. There's a link in the bio on their Instagram account. So check that out. They're also supporting local teachers as well. They're, they're doing great things. Check out all their events coming up as well at fourpeaks.com slash events. And of course, you got to be 21 or older to drink their incredible beer, but you don't have to, to check out what events are going on. Enjoy the great food there at Four Peaks Brewery in Tempe. As we continue to pick the carcass of the free agent market, uh, Nick Foles was released by the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think that's somebody the Cardinals have on their radar. But, Bo, we were tagged in a couple options today, one in particular out of Washington. I'm sure you saw this. Yeah. So Washington cut their starting center. He's been nicked up, uh, what, last couple of seasons? But Last two they've, seasons, last yeah. Last two seasons. They've cut their starting center, and then, of, of course, everybody – wants to come and say, well, the Cardinals need a starting center. Why not sign this individual? But to your point, instead of going the way of, um, help me with his name, I'm not even sure what the Washington center is called. Chase Ruye. In, instead of signing Chase, they kind of signed their own version of Chase in Yelda Froholt. Yeah. That's, the, that's the same kind of caliber of player. Washington drafted somebody. They're more comfortable with the younger player. So again, Yelda, Chase, they're they're basically one and the same. The difference is Yelda's not coming off a major injury. Right. He's as far as Rouillet, he's gonna be 30 years old. Yeah. Uh if it was the first injury that he suffered in 2021, it was an ankle injury. You know, when, when you talk about you and you look at it, it's not like a ligament issue. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But then he had the MCL tear last year, and it's just like, okay, we it's going to be a physical position. I know offensive linemen deal with knee injuries all the time, but, I mean, do you really want to uh, – the, 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 what is it, the definition of insanity as far as you want to roll the dice again on another knee-injured uh, center like they did last year? And, and yeah. you didn't see Rodney Hudson barely suit up for this team uh, last year when he was dealing with that knee injury. So I just don't think it makes sense for the Arizona Cardinals to – to chase after a Chase Rudier, uh, despite the early success he had as a six-round pick, uh, you look at the Pro Football Focus numbers and take those as you as you will. But you know, pretty decent, you know, pass blocking and run blocking numbers. But you know, he just hasn't been able to stay on the on the playing field. And it's going to be important, I think, for this team to stay relatively healthy as they just are undermanned as far as just with talent on the roster. To to you can't have a guy that's that's you can't rely upon to, to get out there and start the majority of the games. And I just don't think Chase Roulier gives them that opportunity. I think that they feel like Yelda Froholt is going to be a guy that's going to be in a position. He's going to, he's going to obviously we follow him on Instagram and this is a guy that's put, he's in the lab, like my co-host Johnny all the time working out, get ready for this season. I think he's probably gearing up to take on an opportunity that he's never presented itself for him uh, coming out of Arkansas in this league. At, to, to really grasp a position and hold on to it. Uh, so it's going to be a good opportunity. I don't think that they would just like in the 11th hour say, okay, well, we're going to sign Chase Rulli. Here's the job for you because you have a little bit of starting experience and you just make a little bit more sense. Well, and Froldhold has a relationship with the Cardinals' new strength and conditioning coach who came yeah. from Cleveland. Uh, I was, I was they, watching. They look like two competitors in the in the strongest yeah. man. Or they, and they could be. They look like they could also be related. I was watching yeah. Yelda's uh, Insta story today. He's doing burpees in his garage. Um, now, because were you watching strong, that while you were doing burpees in your own garage? No, I was watching it when I was drinking my iced tea from Circle K. Um, <laughs> you were eating your, your your chips and yeah. sucking down iced tea. Hey, man, it's Friday. It's a party. Um, I don't discount. Uh, here's what I, somebody made a great point in the chat. Michael Froholt only needs to be better than Billy Price. I would say the availability piece is underrated for a center. You can stay healthy for 17 games, and there's consistency and continuity, especially if you're Yelda and you're balancing, you know, rotating chairs at guards and tackles, depending on what's going on with Paris and DJ and everybody else, Josh Jones, Will Hernandez coming back from injury. Like, and then the Jonathan Gaines factor, I think is huge because what if, what if this kid just forces his way onto the field? Like, where are you going to play him? The, the Cardinals have an interesting surplus of talent on the offensive line. I don't think there's a liability on the offensive line right now. I don't. I I don't know if they have any elite players. Actually, I, yeah. Paris Johnson Jr. is going to be the closest, but he's not there yet. I would say though, it's a it's a steady unit that's not going to embarrass itself this fall because I think, Bo, to our point in the earlier segment, they're just not going to be asked to do as much. They're not going to be asked to have sixty dropbacks in a game. They're going to be asked to to wear defensive lines down with the run game because they've got the confidence of Drew Petzing that he's going to put them in, in great positions to succeed. And I know Cleveland invested a lot in their offensive line. So you go back mm-hmm. and watch Chubb run with Jacoby Brissett and boots and play action. They've got Jedrick Wills and all those quality offensive linemen. They, the Cardinals want to get to that point. And I think by taking Paris Johnson Jr. and maybe throwing a couple lottery tickets at the Froholtz of the world and free agency, maybe they can get there. But I just, I feel like this unit is in such much better hands that they do not have to go out. Let me emphasize this. Sign a Ben Jones, which could be Rodney Hudson 2.0. 
sign this mm. guy Chase from Washington. They're not in that desperate state anymore. Give me a guy in his mid-20s that's, to your point, hungry for an opportunity to come mm. in and compete. If he gets beat out, he gets beat out. Low expectations. But if he sticks, it's like, this kid could be eligible for an extension. He's got ties to Petzine and the and the strength and conditioning coach. And I think they hired one other assistant coach from Cleveland. Like, there's momentum for for him to stick. Now, if he's terrible, that's a different story. Right. And the, the, the good thing about the center position for the Cardinals, it's no longer you're going to be 90% in the shotgun and in having to yeah. throw the ball back as, as far as they did, right, to, to give those shotgun snaps with, with, that we've seen even from when Rodney healthy, uh, Hudson was healthy. You know, he'd throw a ground ball or he'd throw a ball 10 feet over Kyler's head. Uh, we, we saw that with with all the centers, whether it was Max Garcia or uh, who is the who is the one guy that we were talking about at the end of training camp last year uh, that it emerged as, as the backup center that held it for like two games until they Dude, signed Price. He got hurt. What was his name? He was like in all those viral videos they took from the season before and the, yeah. over the summer. They he was like, we've got two. We've got two starting centers on the roster. I can't right. remember that dude's name either. Yeah, he, hilarious. he was awful. Yeah. Well, here, I'll look it up while you continue to talk. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so it, they're going to be snapping the ball from under center, and that takes away some of the some of the issues. And that automatically makes things a little bit easier for, for the center. But, you know, for a hold, if you look at the numbers. John Harlow year, was his name. John Harlow, my God. How easily we forget, right? We, they, they literally put him in, and they, become, had to take, they had to take him out right away because it's like we're going to kill. Yeah, you can become a turnstile, and and it's it's just meet me at the quarterback for the opposing defensive linemen and pass rushers. It's we forget about you. And Price came in, and and Price had you know some of the same issues. You look at the same grades, so it, it should it can't to to agree with the person in the chat. I, I forgive, I forgot who was just like it was Sean Harlow, uh, but it was a great point here as far as you know. Uh, it can't be any worse, right? And I think for a whole, you know, with the consistency, I think there's a lot of continuity a- across this offensive line, which is important yeah. at that for that group. It really is. Uh, and it's to, to merge what Petsing's coming from Cleveland and what they want to do here in Arizona with the guys who are here who are used to playing with Kyler Murray. I think it's a good mix. Good, like you said, not great, but well, it's a good good spot to be. They flood it with numbers. And we'll see if they add anybody in between now and then. But it seems like they're going to go with like 15 or 16 guys at the offensive line position and see and and have one of the hottest uh, just competitions of training camp in preseason. How didn't I pick this up on this, too? It's like so Yelda Froldhold, he's only been in the league since 2019, right? So he's only had four years in the NFL. He was drafted by the Patriots in the fourth round. Yeah. Wall Monty, Wall Monty Austin Ford was there, by the way. Yeah. So it's like Monty Austin Ford probably did extensive research on this kid, went to Arkansas, went to a big boy program, was a real draft pick, and then he bounced around from New England. Then he went to Cleveland and and had a cup of coffee and impressed enough to where now he's going to – I mean, this is really his, his big opportunity. Mm-hmm. He's gone to two organizations. He's had a marginal sense of success. He had six games started last year for a Cleveland team that was feisty. They were competitive, but he had never started a game before. He was drafted in 2019, and then in 2020 and 2021, he didn't start any games. He was, he was, uh, I, I'm pretty sure only played special teams. So, like, this is okay. We're gonna rip the bandit off. Either you're a journeyman NFL player or you're yeah. a starter, and we're gonna find out pretty quickly. I mean, Froholt, 
Froyo is exactly like frozen yogurt. It's it's yeah, never going to be ice cream. It's never going to be true elite status. It's it's yeah, going to be yeah. fine, you know, if you're yeah. trying to cut back calories while you're trying to enjoy a nice frozen treat. Yeah, sure, it's serviceable if you can be yeah. that. Yeah, but he's never going to be a legit, you know, ice cream sundae or a blizzard or anything more exotic than that. No. Can I tell a quick story? So <laughs> sure, I went, if you will. I went. Yeah, it's an ice cream story, real quick, because it's Friday. We're having fun. You're having fun at Bet MGM. I'm very jealous. Uh, we drove into Gilbert last weekend, and everybody probably is going to crush me in the chat. I'm a novice to Arizona uh, eateries, but there's that. What's that ice cream place in downtown Gilbert? So they do dipped cones there in this little ice cream shop. Jacob, you're going to have to help us out. Do you know who he's talking, and, what he's talking about? And no. and they do dip cones, and they have the the signature one that we kept seeing people walk with. It was like prickly pear ice cream dipped in lime, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Dip. So it's okay. like, you know, you have a dip comb from like Dairy yeah. Queen with yeah, yeah. So it was lime dip. It was the most incredible thing I've ever had. The lime was like You thought we were going to attack you over this for not knowing? Yeah, that? because oh, I just, I'm trying to share. <laughs> that sounds I'm pretty amazing. I'm trying to share my outlook with people because I'm a true Arizonian now. Yeah. Because I, I drove. It was a special occasion. We drove out of mm. Maricopa. God help us. And we had some real food, and it was great in Gilbert. So, yeah, that's my the, ice cream story. The brave jaunt down Dead Cow Road. That... It's not Coldstone. <laughs> I'm not Damon Collins. <laughs> yeah, God bless this, you, um, Unbelievably, like mom and pop shop. Have you ever heard of it? It's the, <laughs> I can't remember. Is it Dairy Queen? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, it was it was excellent, though. And uh, But you don't know the name back. of it? They also served food and it was a hole in the wall. You couldn't sit down, but the, I just was taken back by green dipped cones. It was, it blew my mind. So, and the green um, was what again? It was like a it key was, lime. It was lime, but then the ice cream was, they called it prickly pear and I'm not a big fruit guy, but it was, it was excellent. My wife and I split a cone. It was very good. It was better than yelled of Froldholds frozen yogurt. It was the real deal. <laughs> it's, it was like Rodney Hudson in his prime, not Rodney Hudson in the training room. It was a Lyle um, Sendeline. It was the old yeah. consistent, just no, no. an AZ. It's, it's something the Cardinals did. have never had. It was an all pro at center. Right. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that's for sure. That's what we're striving for. It. Hopefully, you know, the Luke Whippler one day of the I'm world. Not, but, I'm not uh, buying into the the number, the jersey number conspiracy. I saw you roll your eyes at that earlier. Yeah. Is that because you didn't figure that out? Is that why you're rolling your eyes? No, it's not at all. I, I what, what helped me with this one is just looking at the snaps that uh, John Gaines took to, in, even in college at center. He just didn't – he's played center very little in his career, 122 okay. snaps uh, in what – that was in 2021. He played none last year. He played mostly at right guard. I like the versatility, but handing over the keys to the the center position, I think he's pretty far from that. Yeah, and that's fair. And listen, the Cardinals, beggars can't be choosers. If he's good, you play him in his best position. And that's something that the prior regime didn't understand is, hey, let's take an edge rusher like Hassan Reddick. Let's make him play out of position. It's like everybody coming into this draft season. It's like Peter Skaronsky. Don't play him at tackle. You got to play him at guard. Well, he played tackle in college. So if Jonathan Gaines is a guard, keep him a guard. Because right now, Al, you know, Paris Johnson Jr. is going to play tackle even if he starts at guard to begin the season. Will Hernandez is, you know, he's on a two-year deal, but he could be cut at any minute. So you you, you make way Do you way feel bold Gaines. enough? Do you feel bold enough is, is like a, a lime dip boldness like to, to forecast the offensive line right now? I'll tell you what it is. Sure. You, but first I want to tell you guys about Octane Raceway and Maverick. So I mentioned 
uh, preferred outings on the weekend. Octane Raceway near the top of my list. And while I can't get my wife near a go-kart, we can do a ton of other stuff there. And by the way, if you haven't checked out their race car track, it is fantastic. We did it with our team earlier this year. Frank Sanders took down the gold, but they've got axe throwing. They've got arcade games, tons of stuff. Book your graduation parties, by the way. I, I would have loved to have my graduation party at a cool place like Octane Raceway. We just had a couple card tables sat out. Wasn't even close to what they got going on. If you're not at Bet MGM Sportsbook, go to Octane Raceway tonight. Cinco de Mayo, they've got $5 margaritas, $5 off two taco trios featuring delicious ABQ and short rib tacos. Hello. And then those $15 sweet, sweet Mexican beer buckets. And then tomorrow, they're actually hosting, Bo, I don't know if you know this, UFC 288, which is fantastic. One of the hottest tickets in town. Be, be sure to reserve your table at Octane because I'm, I'm guessing those are going to be gone pretty quickly. And then next weekend, do right. Mother's Day brunch, your spouse, your significant other, your mom. Take them out to Octane Raceway and Maverick from scratch brunch, half off mimosas. Who doesn't love that? Until 2 p.m. Get a free $10 game card with every brunch purchase. Plus, all moms get a free axe throwing and a free race with one paid guest. That's our friends at Octane Raceway in Maverick. I mean, them doing the true service to a couple fathers out here that just figured out that Mother's Day is next Sunday. Yes, you're welcome, everybody. Big thank you to Octane. And also, I'm going to say a big thank you in a couple, uh, in a few minutes, because I'm going to be outside on the Great Lawn out here at the Bed MGM mm. Sportsbook. I got my Shady Rays. When you mm. come out here this fall, when we're going to be out here for all the tailgates for the Arizona Cardinals home and away games, you're going to want some Shady Rays as well. So why not take advantage of one of the best just deals of the season? Get 50% off when you buy two or more pairs. These are the Timbers. These are unbelievable. These will trump any of those big, brand sunglasses that you know you think you love but you don't love them as much as you like these shady rays like i've got some some sunglasses that i spent way too much money on just collecting dust right now in my car they're in there just cooking in my truck not like these these bad boys are cooling off because they're on my face most of the time they should be on your face as well take advantage of this deal right now for it's exclusive for our listeners and our viewers go to shady rays on their website, ShadyRays.com. Check out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code PHNX for 50% off two when you buy two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Get them for yourself. Get them for your friends. Check out what 250,000 people are giving five stars, a five-star rating. It's Shady Rays on the internet. Get yourself a pair or six. They're unbelievable. Uh, Gary in the chat, I'm still high on a healthy Marquise Hayes. Absolutely. And Lasita yeah. Smith, who's a friend of this program, they're going to be in the mix. They're under contract. They were late round picks next year. Love for one of those two guys, if not both, to surprise. And I, again, we're talking about maybe eight to 10 quality options. And we're going to tell you right now who we think. Let's give our best guess, Bo. Starting offensive line, comma, September, whatever, opening Sunday in the NFL. I'll go first. Um, I think DJ Humphreys. With basically, he's in a contract year. His guaranteed money is all pushed to this year. You would assume the Cardinals are going to pivot next offseason. He's auditioning for other teams and, and trying to leave on a high note with this franchise. I think he starts the year at left tackle, and then that means Paris Johnson Jr. is starting the year at left guard, at least temporarily. I think Humphreys is leaving that seat warm for Paris Johnson Jr., whether it's in October, November, the passing of the baton will happen, um, assuming DJ can get back and healthy. And I'm with you. I think. You've talked me into it. Yelda Froholt is going to be the starting center for this team in September. 
Will Hernandez is going to be the starting right guard. Kelvin Beecham is going to be your starting right tackle. But I'm going to say four out of those five have big fat asterisks next to them. They go down. Somebody's going to come up and steal a spot. So that's my group right now. Josh Jones, a very talented tackle who hasn't really been given his due, is waiting in the wings potentially at right tackle. I mean, it would not surprise me at all, though, if we fast forward and it's Paris Johnson Jr. and Josh Jones in a contract year starting some games down the stretch. Yeah, I, I feel pretty comfortable at the tackle position. Where the Most of my concern is, is the interior of that offensive line. And I think if they can maybe uh, strengthen that and, and they can find some some legitimate guys to, to kind of keep the interior pressure off of Kyler Murray when he's healthy, it's tough because when you got those big hog mollies coming down on you, a lot of beef from the opposing defensive line and their size, and obviously Kyler Murray – uh, five, what, five ten? It's yeah. tough to see over those guys, and when the pressure's right in your face, it just pretty much crushes any kind of play you want to run. So, if if guys like Lasidus or you know even even Hayes, if Hayes can can immediately step in, or if, if Paris Johnson can be one of those guys to to help out with with you know Will Hernandez, I think there's more that you'd like to see from Pass Pro. We know what he can do in the run game. Um, I, I, if they can if they can kind of become more legit. In the interior of this offensive line. And when was like the last time you could say that? I would probably say 2015, the year you signed Mike Ayupati. Yeah. Uh, and he was he was great early on. That that line just mowed people yeah. down. But it's been a fine, it's been a finesse offensive line. Now, here here's what I will say. And we talked about this earlier, blocking players and why Kareem Hunt wouldn't do that. Um the 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 curious move to re-sign Kelvin Beecham and mm -hmm. give him a two-year contract. And he's making basically the vet minimum. And I know Kyler and, and Kelvin supposedly have buried the hatchet, but it it, it just kind of poses a question, Bo, is like, is Kelvin Beecham, do you think, a, a guarantee to be on the team or at least be a starter on the team? Because, I mean, if you're trying to get your most athletic group out there, I mean, I love Kelvin Beecham, but he's older, yeah. right? And I, I think that was one of the moves in the offseason. People scratched their head. I didn't. It didn't bother me because of the amount of money they didn't commit. And you had to hedge your bet that you weren't going to get one of the top tackles. Well, you've secured that top tackle now. Is there any reality in which Kelvin Beecham isn't starting in September, you think? Yeah, I think that there's a reality where he's not starting. Where he's, If he's not on this roster, I'd be very, I would be shocked. Okay. As far as the, the value that he brings that transcends the playing field, and I know some people buy too much into that, but as far as what he does with, with younger players, what he did with Lasitas last year, I think it's very valuable, uh, especially with a young coaching staff and a young roster. I think that Kelvin Beecham could teach these guys how to be pros. I think that him in the locker room only bodes well for a guy like Paris Johnson and a guy like John Gaines. Um, and you know, like if you cut him post June 1st, you know, and, and that's, you know, into training camp. And I don't know when things is, as far as when things kind of kick in for him, but he's, he's got 2 million against dead cap this season. And then another million in 2024. So I just don't, yeah. you know, that's not a ton like relative to the cap. Uh, if things go way far South and there's another incident where he's saying things he shouldn't about this, this team and he's not bought in, which I doubt he seems to be the consummate professional, um, you know, it, it's not something that you wouldn't mind absorbing, but I, I, I see a reality where he could still be on this roster and, and still not be your starting right tackle or left tackle or wherever it, it's, it's really going to be fascinating to, to see how they just approach this in, in really trying to stay true to their word 
as far as keeping this like a true competition. Yeah, and I I think you you face a kind of a cold dark reality if you were to remove Kelvin Beecham from the equation of yeah. hedging too much confidence in DJ Humphreys. Mm-hmm. And again, Humphreys looks fantastic, but he's still not healthy yet. And I, I think there's a much better chance that Paris Johnson Jr. is starting at left tackle than right tackle to begin the season. I mean, Humphreys is just his body has has failed him more right. often than not. And where you look at Kelvin Beecham at 33 years old, well, I don't know started, more often than not. I mean, it's just you're dealing with a with a back. Let's just say, yeah, he's had 30. inconsistencies in his career with the Cardinals. Early in his career, he could not stay healthy, and then he had the renaissance under the second regime. And he played well under Cliff Kingsbury. But yeah, to your point, to be fair, I mean, he missed a bunch of games last year and he was he was not healthy the year before. I mean, he was he was really struggled in, you know, toward the season finale against Seattle um, and wasn't available against Dallas when Kyler Murray went on national TV in big Dallas. So I just I think hedging your bet too much with DJ Humphreys is not a smart move. Right. And so it would not surprise me if Paris is playing left and, and Beecham is playing right. And I also feel like, again, like Kelvin Beecham at 33 is a commodity is a commodity as long as he wants to continue playing. Cause he didn't miss any time last year. Why immediately, why would you immediately try to gut a position room? That is a strength. The Cardinals don't have a ton of strength on the roster. I think it's fair to say like their tackles are good. They have good tackles. They've got a solid group of starting tackles. I remember when this team would yeah. trot out seventh round picks mid season and undrafted guys, you can't be a liability up front and they are working their way against that. So, I don't think there's any snare in which they would get rid of Kelvin Beecham, but I, I do think it's in their best interest to try to get Paris Johnson Jr. a tackle at some point this year. So if, a- if, this, if the season's lost, I would I would look at about midseason, when, let's make a shift because we got to get him reps there. Yeah, lots of intelligent football talk going on in the chat. Uh, Jalen Blair say, Beecham not guaranteed to start, in my opinion. I think they signed him to make sure they had great depth. Uh, we've got Michael coming in the in the chat saying he's got his prediction. I go Johnson Jr., so he's going Paris. He's going okay. uh, Josh Jones. He's going DJ Humphreys and then Beach. I don't know if that's just as far as his tackle position goes, Michael. But yeah, maybe wanna... his depth. Yep, and then you you got Dana jumping in here as far as breaking down vertical zone rushing attack and what Cleveland and Petsing was running. It says it involves a lot of pulling guards and centers in the run game and play action zone runs, opening holes for cutbacks. So just a uh, lot, lots of good stuff in there from the chat. Big thank you to everybody tuning in today as far as in, in contributing to the chat. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be fascinating to see how that falls, if, kind of how those dominoes kind of fall. And then it's it's so odd. It's like, and we we rarely talk about this. Obviously, we talk about the 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 main character here in Kyler Murray, and you know what his timeline is. But as far as the quarterback position, it, it's pretty crazy how unresolved or what the plan is at the quarterback position as we sit here post draft. I know it's Cinco de Mayo, uh, but what is going on with the quarterback position? You've got. Four guys on your roster, right? You've got McCoy, you've got David Blau, you've got Jeff Driscoll, four guys that are going to be active for training camp and preseason, and then the rookie Clayton Toon. I mean, let's what do you make of this? I think they like that it's uncertain because I think they know. Let's turn the clocks back about two months. We just gotten back from the NFL Combine, and we had known for some time 
Well, they're going to sign a, a backup quarterback, right? Colt McCoy's on the roster. We have heard since then, Cardinals didn't disclose all of his injuries last year. He's been beat to shit. He's doing <laughs> color commentary this spring. Basically, he's got, with you know his best interest in mind, one foot out the door. He's not throwing yet. Bo is at practice. He hasn't begun throwing. Um, they were actively negotiating a contract or talking numbers with Joshua Dobbs. We yeah. had sourced that. They were talking to Joshua Dobbs. Why were they talking to Joshua Dobbs? Because Petsy knew him from his brief time in Cleveland. Joshua Dobbs projects very much Jacoby Brissett-esque. Incredibly mm. bright, late 20s. Came in and basically outplayed Malik Willis last year, right? And so the Cardinals were interested. And I think probably missed an opportunity because he ended up going where? To Tennessee? Back to Cleveland. Uh, back to Cleveland. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, and he didn't get paid very much. So did they lose interest? We're not sure. But I, Bo brought up a great point off air, and I'll let you art articulate it. But I, I don't think the door on Joshua Dobbs on this roster is over yet. No, and it shouldn't be because as a player of his, like uh, of Josh uh, Dobbs caliber, I, they're never, I guess, resting until like the final roster is complete. And even then, yeah. like they, they don't know if the you know, what their football future is. But, like, as of right now, if you look at the Cleveland Browns depth chart, Joshua Dobbs is the backup to Deshaun Watson. But they they invested a fifth-round pick, the pick right after Clayton Toon in the 2023 NFL draft uh, in, the, in the, what, the top six of the fifth round. Mm -hmm. They take Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So, and they've got Kellen Mond on the roster. So they've got two youngsters that could immediately outplay a guy like Dobbs who, you know, the Titans were were – took a flyer on signed him off the practice squad from Cleveland to even start games for them last year. That's yeah. why I think the door is ajar as far as Josh Dobbs wearing airs on a Cardinals uniform, just depending yeah. on how things go and transpire throughout training camp, because Cleveland, they have to decide, you know, are they going to be a team that's going to carry two quarterbacks or three? Because mm -hmm. if, if they decide to hang on, like if DTR, if they try to sneak him on the practice squad, he's going to get scooped up. Joshua Dobbs probably not the case unless it's the Arizona Cardinals or somebody else that was in on him. Uh, so he, he, there's just a lot of competition. I think you've got, you know, Watson's got his spot secure because every single dime of his contract is, is guaranteed. Right. And yeah. he's Deshaun Watson. And then like beyond him, there's going to be a, a pretty heated competition for his backup. And then we'll see what they, what they decide as far as carrying how many quarterbacks they're going to carry. And then you look at the Arizona Cardinals, like, if Dobbs has a familiarity with Petsing and he had a lot of success in Cleveland in the preseason last year, and he's got familiarity with the GM and Monty Osafort was the one who brought him to Tennessee to start some games down the stretch when they were trying to keep their head above water in a playoff race and they couldn't. Right. But what he does, his skill set just matches what Petsing wants to do offensively. You've got to have just a, just a, some athleticism to be able to move around in, in order to make this thing work. And I think Dobbs has that. And it's really interesting when, when, because we were preparing for Do Josh Dobbs to be potentially signed by the Arizona Cardinals. I watched yeah. some tape from Dobbs. And then when I watch Clayton Toon, I see very, a lot of similarities between mm -hmm. Clayton Toon and Joshua Dobbs. The only problem is Clayton Toon is coming from the, uh, the American football conference mm -hmm. and Josh Dobbs was playing NFL football. So th right. th th there's a big, uh, discrepancy there. There's a there's a there's a, a, ward, a large margin that he has to kind of bring down here as far as his game translating from playing for the Cougars 
to playing in the NFL in the NFC West. I think the difference is Cleveland, who is trying to be competitive, trying to make the postseason. That's why you signed Deshaun Watson. Probably carries two quarterbacks on yeah. game day. Cardinals can carry three quarterbacks. They don't get you know they don't give two shits about that. They can because Kyler Murray at some point you're not cutting tune, and then you need somebody else. And if you think about fast forwarding to when Kyler Murray is not around, here's here's what I'll, here's where I'll push back. I think that this organization now has the ability to diagnose their position rooms, especially the quarterback position, to where. Like last year, they carried three, didn't they? Right, and and then they made the decision to cut Trace McSorley and then put him back on the roster. Like they're not going to carry a guy just because they like. What was the point of carrying McSorley last year? Like they learned way down the road that he couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I I hope I hope that the current front office and coaching staff is like, hey, you know, like looks good in preseason, but let's be realistic. Is he gonna is he gonna help us win games uh, when the ammo's really flying? And it's real. I I think the overwhelming consensus would be that Cardinal fans, if they don't sign a quarterback and Kyler's not ready to have it be an open competition with Clayton Toon and Colt McCoy and David Blau. And I think that I'm in the camp of if that's the group, then just play the rookie, play the kid in the, in the fifth round. I've seen enough Colt McCoy. I know what he can't do. And David Blau you know, we played fine at the end of last year, but there's just, in my opinion, very minimal upside. Yeah. I don't see the harm in, unless he's awful. And they, you know, if he's an unmitigated disaster, we'll know because of the preseason. But if all things are equal, you you would rather see Clayton Toon play snaps before <laughs> Kyler Murray. But I know I'm I'm, I'm reaching here because they yeah. could conceivably sign somebody else. I have no desire, zero, to watch Colt McCoy play quarterback for this team again. And that's not a knock on Colt McCoy. It's yeah. just that time has passed. He was a product of the prior regime, mm-hmm. right? And and that time is done. He's older. He's immobile now. Okay, he's hurt. There's just there is no benefit to having Colt McCoy be your starter outside. He's just a good guy. I want to. I much rather see what they have in the younger kid. And if he's terrible, then you pivot. But then that's on you for not having contingency plan in the spring. Well, here's what they can do. I think to help this help out the situation. Uh, I love the chat. AJ saying Clayton Tune is a good QB. Classy Nasty just saying tune me up. We actually have a video of the Cardinals coaching staff, Jonathan Gannon, Andrew Petzing, breaking down Clayton Tune's game here on our YouTube channel, uh, PHNX Sports. And, of course, PHNX underscore Cardinals on Instagram is there as well. Uh, but when you've got Tune, I think what they could do him, uh, help him out a little bit, is maybe not have him compete against, like, fourth and fifth uh, string guys. Yeah. Like, doesn't doesn't get like the trace McSorley benefit where he can go out there and ball against those guys because that doesn't that doesn't help them evaluate him like get him in early like maybe even let him start a preseason game like what's the but point of seeing Colt McCoy or David Blau start exactly. a preseason game he, let him prepare like a starter all week and see how he does but and I yeah I, I am I'm a little hesitant to say that he could start week one for this team he, though. I, I, mean, I just don't played, think that's realistic he played like five years of college football this is I know. A bit, and that's what Chris Sims it. was saying about – so Chris Sims was kind of asked the question, not with Florio, not on that trash show, but as far as – on, on Sims' buttoned-up podcast, he was asked by his co-host, who's not Florio, you know, who's the Brock Purdy of the class? Because that's the trendy yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like, who's the guy that's going to be a late-round quarterback that could emerge uh, even his rookie season? And he said that he he identified Clayton Toon as that guy. Is that putting, you know – 
unrealistic or too much pressure on the shoulders of a fifth round pick at a Houston, uh, probably in, in Brock Purdy had the benefit of learning a system, practicing every day, not having any pressure on his shoulders for the bulk of a season and then coming in the last six weeks of the, of the regular season and, and then, and then balling out. So like throw, it, there's a big difference between starting in like week 12, like Purdy did and then tune starting week one. Well, and then the Niners roster, just a smidge different than the Cardinals roster. As yeah. it's, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> so he was a Houston for uh, a half decade. I'm not, uh, that's not hyperbole. He was there from 2018 to 2022. He, he attempted 1,500 passes in that offense, right? He threw 104 touchdowns. And again, that that's a lot of scheme, right? But he's got a big arm. His yards per completion was consistently over eight yards per, per attempt for his career and his, his completions. He almost completed a thousand passes. He started 27 games over the last two seasons. Like there's enough meat there that I would not have an issue seeing him for a game or two before Kyler Murray came back. I I'm, I'm with Michael in the chat, like the college the American, it was the American American, American conference. conference for America. Come on, we are American with you. You you bang the table for the power fives. You you bang the table for the SEC players. My preference was you're skeptical on anybody that's not in the Southeastern Conference. And now you want a guy from the American. Let's take a look at who Houston played last year. Let's just take a look at who Clayton Katoon was tuning up. I'm not saying he's a a franchise basis. I know. I, I have understand no, that, but you want him to play real. You want to. You want to play against if this Aaron is the Donald. Group I and, have these three quarterbacks. This is it. Uh, then I'm picking UTSA, Texas he that, Tech, he Kansas. By the way, they lost the Tech. They lost to Kansas. They Rice. They beat Rice. They nice. lost to Tulane. Uh, Memphis, Navy, South Florida. Listen to this murder in row. SMU. <laughs> East Carolina, Tulsa, and Louisiana in the Sun Belt. I want to see him play. I do. I agree too. Like there's going. I, I'm calling it right now. I mean, it's inevitable. Who's starting? There's going to be a Clayton Tune performance in the preseason, and people are going to be like, "Oh my God, I think he's the real. I think he's Tom Brady. Stop it. I'm not. How dare you? I'm just. That's going to happen. It's happening. It's going to be on my Twitter timeline. It's going to be there. People are going to buy in so much that they think. That he's going to be the next late round discovery. Clayton Toon and David Blauer are only like three years apart. And I would argue, I know Clayton Toon's played more football lately than David Blau has. <laughs> David Blau started a couple games. Like, do you have any desire to watch Cole McCoy play quarterback? For no, but at the same time, it's it's about putting your young players in position for success. And it's just throwing them to the flames that early, I think could be detrimental to his development. And I think you legitimately, like you legitimately have a guy who could be the future backup for this team. And you could just, you could ruin that by throwing him out there too early. I That's, that's fine. Can I be great kind of an point. asshole though? Can I be an yeah. asshole yeah. and just say, Hey, I don't, his development is not my priority. I just want to see the kid <laughs> thrown out there. If I ruin a fifth round picks development, whoopsies, Kyler Murray's back and by Halloween. I'm looking to be interesting in the early part of the season. You know who's not interesting? David Blau and Colt McCoy. Yeah. You know who's super interesting in the best possible way, though, is uh, our friends at More Furniture Bow. Interesting, comfortable, gorgeous as far All as the, just the designs. It's, it's unreal. If you're looking to maybe – set up, set off, 
your living room, your dining room, your bedroom, your kid's room, your office, your entertainment center. More Furniture's got the deals for you. Unbelievably high-quality furniture for a great price. You can't find a better deal in the Valley than what we have over at More Furniture. And they have the white glove delivery. You don't have to lift a finger. They're going to deliver it to you. They're going to get rid of the packaging. They're going to set it up just how you want it. And you're just going to be sitting there probably on some older More Furniture that you already have set up while they work hard and sweat and put in all the uh, all the work that y- you don't have to because a white glove delivery is so legit. Check out all the deals that they have. They're ramping up for a Memorial Day sale where you can save up to 50%. Check it out right now, morefurniture.com. That's morefurniture, M-O-R, furniture.com. Give me a week one swing pass touchdown, Clayton Toon to Kareem Hunt. Hell yes. If that doesn't <laughs> set State Farm Stadium ablaze, I don't know what will. Man, it's well, been... we'll see. We're going to have, so prepare yourself, set the date. Probably next Thursday, the schedule mm-hmm. release is going to go down, according to Adam Schefter, and we'll see who they're opening up the season against. So they opened up the season at home last year at KC, against KC. That, that worked out well. That was a good game. <laughs> How dare you. And then 2021, they were on the road. So it seems like. They're probably in line for a road game, right? To open I'd love season. a road game at Philly. What do you think about that? <laughs> get that game out of the way. That game. Can we get that game yeah. as far along the season as possible? If that game is early, it's going to be What, you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to dampen my day out here at the MGM. I'm, the Bet MGM Sportsbook. I had a great day. Wait, I came out here. I parked my car. I okay. went to the team shop. I yeah. I. I was a good husband and provider. I didn't spend all of our money at the team shop, even though I wanted to. Nice. I wanted to get every new jersey that was on sale. But I bought my son. It's going to be Let's two in June. I bought him his first Cardinals, his first jersey overall. I got Period. him his first yeah. one. It, this is like a uh, this is like when a, a D one athlete shows which team he's going to, which program. Okay. I got my son Kyler Murray. Oh, that's adorable. Red jersey. Nice. There it is. Hell yeah. Look at protect that. Protect the nest. Absolutely. Yeah, it's got the legit like replica protect the nest. Somebody signed that kid. I know. We we need him. He, he needs gonna be to be the coolest in the kid room. in daycare with that. Love that kid. Gonna be throwing stiff arms. He's gonna be people. running the option. It's gonna be Hudson, unbelievable. I think Hudson's first jersey was David Johnson, and it, it did not end well from there. I think I think I bought that for him after the 2016 season. Who wouldn't? And then at that point, David was never the same again. So that was that was unfortunate. But uh, great choice. Uh, pick up your your red or your white jersey, your black jersey. I can't. They only had the red, those. by the way. Okay. They only they only had the red and toddlers. Uh, they had the white. They had the red uh, as far <laughs> as the adult version. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but the, the white Kyler, the white Buddha, the even the white D Hop. Those go pretty hard. They do. Super, uh, super clean. I can't wait. Seriously, I, I'm not saying this tongue in cheek. It would make me kind of sad when I would go to games last year and we'd be on site and doing a bunch of fun stuff. And I'd see those old jerseys and I'm like, God, Cardinal fans deserve so much better. So I hope people are active and getting these new jerseys because I'm not being a you know shill for the Cardinals. I just think they look way better. They're just much more aesthetically pleasing. So I haven't decided. I'm going to pick up a white one. I don't know who that's going to be yet. Um not a ton of options right now, but 
Um, yeah. Feel good regardless about about picking. You were kind of throwing shade on on BJ Ujolari picking eighteen on social well, media. Well, I, I liked it initially, and then I was kind of walking that back a little bit. Yeah. Um, because there's a player. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He plays receiver at the collegiate level, and he plays in the Big Ten uh, for Ohio State. Coincidentally, Paris Johnson Jr.'s teammate. His name's Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. and he's the second coming of Randy Moss combined with Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> and his collegiate number is eighteen. So, um, I, well, here, a lot of people, I real quick, I was surprised. A lot of people, when I put that tweet out said he can have 11 if he comes here. Could you believe that? A lot of people no. said like, like five to seven people were like, blasphemous. He's earned blasphemous. 11. Let him have 11. I'm like, he's earned it. Give him so a share of the he, fucking look. He's going to have a couple options, here. right? He's yeah. going to have a couple options. One, like we'll see two could become available. Hollywood's in a contract here. That'd be sweet. Uh, it depends on what they, if they, they'll probably pick up the club option on Buddha. Three could be available. Rondell Moore, where's four could be available. Matt Prater, where's five. James Conner, where's six, nine. Isaiah Simmons. Oh my God. All the single digit next off season. The single digits friends are going to be a set ablaze. (laughs) I like this Rick James in the chat. Johnny should get a custom made Whipler Cardinal Jersey. (laughs) That's you know what sucks, Rick is, th- you know who went to the Browns? Joshua Dobbs, who was stolen from the yeah. Cardinals, DTR, and Luke Whipler. Those three players. If you would have asked me, like yeah. in early March to to now, I would have said all three are going to be Cardinals. And, you would have thought D- that Johnny covered the Browns. Like, hey, these D- guys are going to your team. They're elite. All the Browns <laughs> players are going to be like, how good? How good is Luke Whipler, Johnny? What do you know? And I'm going to be like, uh, I guess he's not very good. Right. Short arms, apparently. Great juggler, yeah. though. I could Does relate. Stand up uh, community as well. DTR going one pick behind Clayton Tune. Something to watch, or look, maybe it's not. That's where you all. trust your scouting, right? That mm-hmm. that's where you trust. And then you look at the tape, and you obviously we've seen more because we're in Pac-12 country. We see DTR play a lot. He was like Tune, where he was around forever at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Tune, when you realize. And he was a distant second as far as the athleticism, but he was the second most athletic quarterback in the at the combine, including DTR, who was there that you spoke to. I did. Uh, you you take the athleticism plus just a little bit more touch in, in uh, a little bit more polished of a passer. The only thing that you wish you'd see more from Tune is him rip it a little bit more. Maybe that's the offense, though, because you know what? Justin Herbert wasn't allowed to do that at Oregon, too, so it could just be a product of that. Um, I like this in the chat. Michael saying, let uh, our boy um, go old school, take 88 like his dad and then uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Wouldn't hate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, something tells me, though, he's probably going to want his own legacy. He, I, I've watched a little bit of his tape re- recently, and I know I shouldn't because it's only going to set me up for heartache. He is so fucking good. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't imagine. First of all, they took him out of the Georgia game. They beat Georgia and they win the national championship if he doesn't get taken out. He is the best college receiver. I think he's better than Jamar Chase. He's the best collegiate receiver since who Calvin Johnson or Fitz or somebody. Yeah, like, he's and in Johnson category. wasn't even playing in like a pass first right, offense. It was Georgia which, Tech. Yeah. Fun. Like, what is what does he have to prove next year? It's it's uh it's really gonna Can be fascinating. Contract now. God, we're gonna, we're gonna have a tracker. But that's that's the, the thing. Season. It's like people get lost. You know, when you and I are talking and we're doing these mock drafts, it's like PFF Simulator. You can only do it where the Cardinals are picking one one, right, and one two. It's like if if they're if they're faced with having one one, you have to have the conversation about Caleb Williams. But like legitimately, Cardinal fans, as the roster sits and what they can add, like the Marvin Harrison Jr. 
uh, dream. That needs to be, that's the ultimate one right there. It's so hard to get a top three pick too. Like we watched seven straight losses. We lost seven straight to end the season last year and they barely got in. We were Mm -hmm. gifted the third. Remember that whole thing? We could do a whole complete show on that. We probably will audio only of the fact that they were saved the last week of the season and they got the third overall pick, which led to the bounty, which could turn into Marvin Harrison Jr. The trickle down effect, how the franchise could have changed that day. Uh, really fascinating stuff. We've had a banner week. We're, we're again, we're decompressing after the draft, but in the best possible way with all of you here on the PHNX Cardinals podcast, we're back on Monday. If you guys are in the area, head on out to bet MJM Sportsbook. Say hello to Bo, play a little bags. We're going to cheer on the Phoenix Suns tonight. We're going to manifest a victory, Bo Brock, by hook or by crook. Bo's going to put on his Suns jersey. Number one for the Suns going crazy tonight. That's right. That's the next jersey right there, some D-book. Ooh, man, yeah, the, the the Valley, the Black Valley jerseys, the best jersey in, in, in uh, existence right now. Like <laughs> and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. For Bull Brock, producer Jacob, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you Monday.